What is up, Side? You glad to be in God's presence today? Back-to-back weekends with rappers. Let's go. I shared before that I only know that one all the way back 25 years ago. I wish I was a little bit taller. I wish I was a baller. I wish I had a girl. If I did, I would call her. But last week and this week, I'm like, let's go. I love it. It is also Rob's birthday today. Happy, happy birthday. I want to encourage all the parents, grandparents, guardians, encourage your students to get here tonight to invite a friend. Uh, Ontario, East Knox, our other locations, they're going to be sending some students as well. It's going to be an amazing time tonight at Vision, our student ministry. Rob is going to be sharing his story, uh, doing some, uh, some additional uh, songs and music, and you don't want to miss it. And so I know sometimes... Uh, our students can get a lot going on in life, but even as a parent, encourage them. Encourage them to come tonight. I think it's going to be an awesome, it's going to be an awesome night. I want to give you an update on our forward campaign before we go into our morning message. Uh, we started uh, a little over a year ago now uh, with dessert bars and uh, meeting at a restaurant and sharing ideas and Uh, plans and blueprints and pictures and all of these things of what we were envisioning and believing for with our kids and students and college age and internship. Uh, It's a little over 20,000 square feet we were renovating and little did we know we would get just a few months into that and then COVID would strike, uh, which uh, was unique in some ways, a blessing in others. Uh, we had all kinds of equipment and fumes and everything during the months that we were online only uh, that were here in the building. Uh, and so it would have been unique even at the time, uh, trying to have everything going on with a full project like that. But uh, God's whose way, uh, his ways and thoughts are higher than ours. It was actually a silver lining, a blessing uh, at times for the project to be going on. We are in the home stretch uh, now of that, that project, and we are hoping, hoping uh, by Easter Uh, that we will be in into that part of the facility, and it looks amazing. So over the next few weeks, uh, we will be sending out information, uh, whether it's safety team, you know, safety really matters uh, to us here at StorySide, whether it's our safety team, uh, teachers, parents, some of the new entrances, check-in. You're going to be getting a lot of updates and information on that over the next few weeks, so please just be watching for that uh, so that when we do open, Uh, that side of the campus, that side of the facility, uh, that we have as many people prepared uh, in advance for the new flows and rhythms of that area of our building. And so we're very excited about that. A couple of things that I did want to uh, bring to your attention, and that is, and and this is a shout out really to the faithfulness of God and your faithfulness, uh, that we we are right now uh, already about $120,000 over budget of what the project was. And not only have we been able to take care of our week-to-week operations, we have four total locations, three of the, that are open right now uh, in regathering. And then our Butler building we use for some other ministry things. But not only have we been able to keep uh, all of the things current at four locations, uh, but we have been able to pay for $120,000 of overages uh, with, with your giving and, and with ways that we've been able to budget. And so just the shout out to your faithfulness. You hear stories all the time of churches closing or struggling. And I just want to say thank you, StorySide, for being faithful in your giving for the last year. I won't share all of the details with you, but I I did want to give you an update. Some of the $120,000 of overages, you know, we gave ourselves a 10% buffer and still went above even the buffer, Uh, but a few things that that came during the process that we were unaware of uh, was a $30,000 HVAC unit that went out that we were not planning on. Uh, We also were hoping that we could uh, reuse a lot of our uh, restroom sinks, commodes, things of that nature. When we tore up the flooring and tore everything out, we realized they were not in as good of shape as what we hoped. Uh, So we ended up going all new uh, with those items. And then we got a commercial water softener uh, that is not the price of a home one. I learned that. (laughs) 
whoa. Um, and that was just a few of the things. We, we decided to go with drop ceilings. That was thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. We were just going to keep it open. Uh, but once we got into those eight rooms and we realized how much more efficient it would be for all of our teachers, I see some of you that have worked in kids' ministry nodding at me right now, uh, that it would be so much better for us to put drop ceilings in. We went ahead and did that. I believe that was about 18000 um, But anyway, that is the $120,000 uh, of a lot of the overages that along the way uh, we decided to add. I think it's going to be in the best interest of our kids and students uh, as well as our teachers. And so thank you for your giving. You know, I talk a lot about missions and outreach, and we do all of that. We have pages of missionaries that we support, but I also know it's important to keep the home front strong as well and to raise our children uh, to know Jesus and to live for Jesus in great environments as well. And so I wanted to give you an update on that. The next number I wanted to give you, that is $45,000. Uh, and that is the remaining amount that we have just to finish the project. And so some of those items, one of, one of the big ones is repairing and updating the sprinkler system. Uh, we didn't realize until they did final inspection uh, that we failed uh, the final inspection. Just being totally transparent, we didn't realize it was about 120-some sprinklers uh, that had got overspray of paint on them over the years. Uh, some as far back as 15, 16 years ago, but when, once they got up in the ceiling, started looking around, uh, it was replace this and replace that. Some other items as well, uh, but that, that is all being done in the next few weeks, and we've got about $45,000 to finish uh, the entire project. Uh, that includes some, some additional new commercial floor cleaners and polishers uh, as well. Some things that we are believing for, so not just where we're at, but where we're going, uh, we, have, uh, we have for years wanted a kid's playscape. We believe that it would not only be a benefit to the kid's ministry for, for our children to have an opportunity for a few minutes here and there uh, to burn off some steam and then be able to go into classrooms and learn about Jesus. Uh, but we, we believe also for whether or not it's a birthday party or community things that it could be a great thing as well. You see some pictures, I, I think, on, on the screen of the playscape that we're looking at. That's an actually, uh, that is actually a story side design uh, playscape for our, our kids ministry. There's, there's a couple of levels there. There's two different slides. You see them on the front and the back, uh, the slides. And so uh, we have been working with a company. Of course, there's pros and cons in COVID, but one of the pros is their prices are probably lower uh, than we've ever seen them. <laughs> so uh, we, we have wanted for years and years to be able to look at something like this. We are exploring that. Uh, and then another thing that I want to mention to you is during COVID, not only do we have about half of our church that is online only, and for some of them, whether it's safety, uh, some of, of, of their issues, whether it's sickness or health, I'm grateful for technology that we have uh, to be online. We have also been able to increase our influence. So I shared with you a few weeks ago, uh, we're in 10 countries. Uh, in the last 12 months, we have 10 countries, not only viewership, uh, but we now have people that are supporting and giving and uh, weekly that, that look at StorySide as their church. And so uh, we get gifts coming in weekly from Maritha in Iowa or Dean Anderson in the state of Washington or, or people in Canada. It's actually been pretty amazing uh, to see individuals that really make StorySide uh, their church home via online. And so one of the things that we are exploring with that is you don't realize, and I will put this on my wife and I, you don't realize some of the things you don't like about online until you're online, <laughs> meaning me. Uh, and I'm like, I don't like this. And so all of those times where I was like, we got this one in Florida and this one in Tennessee, and I'm so glad you're here. And then Part of me, after I watch it a few times, is like, man, I don't know how glad I am that they're uh, always online when sound is cutting out, and uh, you know, sometimes you only see one or two singers here in the middle that are lit up. The other ones are all in the dark playing hide and seek. Um, <laughs> and so it's not funny. Uh, I know you're laughing. I've been frustrated, but I'm glad you find it funny. But uh, some of you are like, they should be here then. They should be. It's their own fault. Uh, I'm just kidding. But we have been exploring how we can improve that. And so uh, they're telling me with the lighting, we've brought in consultants and companies 
those from Ohio and some, some as far away as Texas, uh, and they're telling me if, if we were to look at either backlighting or an LED wall uh, and lighting and then work on sound, computer, and direct wiring and stuff that a lot of it's over my head, but what I look at is the money side of it uh, and the cost of that. It's about $40,000. It's actually cheaper than what I thought it was going to be to fix all of these things. They're telling me it'd be about $40,000 uh, for us to do that. And so it's not necessarily lighting an, L an LED wall so that we can be cool. I know some people could think that. Uh, for me, I would be looking at all of these items so that we can uh, best pastor and serve all of our church family online uh, so that they can see what's going on, they can hear what's going on, and hopefully their life gets better spiritually uh, because of our online presence. And so I have been trying to be very sensitive to timing when you hear whether it's layoffs or coronavirus or people that are struggling, and I hope you have sensed that in the last year, I, I don't believe that I've come to you at any point and said, hey, would you do extra? I, I have tried to be very sensitive to all of that because when people are trying to just make it by, they probably don't care about kids sliding down a slide, and they may not even care about lighting for someone in Iowa. <laughs> you, you are by nature thinking what, I, I, need, I need to be okay. And so I've tried to be very sensitive to that, but I do want to put it out there um, that on March 21st, which is our 18th church anniversary weekend, uh, so StorySide will be 18 years old, hard to believe, uh, on uh, March 23rd. We're celebrating that on, on March 21st. And so over the years, we have done uh, what is called a heart for the house offering numerous times where uh, we would come to the church and say, if you have a heart for the house, God's house, and you want to sow into that. Uh, and so I want to go back to a heart for the house offering on March 21st. And if you have, uh, if you have a gift that you would like to give above and beyond your tithe, uh, you can do that on March 21st. And so it's not our normal uh, to take as much time to give building updates and offering updates and things, but I wanted to share that with you. We, we are so close to being uh, in the other side. And so on March 21st, what I want to challenge you, and this didn't really come from me, uh, this, was, this was a lady that reached out to me the other day, and it, it sparked this inside of me. But these little piggy banks, um, just with the Now campaign, the future is now, and we talked about moving the church forward and kids' ministry forward when... We had those dessert bars and dinners and pictures and adults came in. We also included our children and we asked them if you want to give uh, to uh, what we have done on the other side, renovating that kids and students areas, we would like you to be a part. And there was so many children uh, that brought in their little piggy banks. It was actually amazing. It exceeded my expectations of how many children were a part of this. And you saw the picture a couple weeks ago of Hudson uh, Hudson put so much money in his piggy bank. If you can see the top there, it's actually cracked. His dad said he was, I think, trying to fit another nickel or quarter or whatever it was in the top. And it actually cracked because he was trying to get a little bit more in the piggy bank. <coughs> Excuse me. And Hudson's piggy bank uh, came in right at $65. Right at $65, which was amazing. <clears throat> And so I had a lady the other day text me and say, wow, I love that picture of Hudson. Uh, can you tell me how much was in his piggy bank? And I want to give an offering that's in correlation with what was in his piggy bank. And it sparked something inside of me just to give everyone that opportunity. And so uh, there may be some people that would say, Mike, I could give $6.50. Uh, there may be some that would match Hudson and you could give $65. Maybe others could give, you know, I always say it's not equal giving, it's equal sacrifice. So if I said right now, can everyone give $10? It's harder for some people to give $10 than it is for people maybe a couple chairs down. Not as hard for them to give $10. Uh, other people, maybe it is $650 or $6,500 or $650,000. You know, we're paying off a kid's ministry. Let's just pay off all the properties we have. Um, <laughs> you just never know. I, you know, I have, I have a friend of mine. I have a friend of mine in Texas. I preached for him a little over a year ago. They were 30 days away from being shut down and evicted. His name is Chase. His brother Matt helps pastor with him. I was preaching for them. They were 30 days away because they had got behind on some payments and stuff with everything happening. 
And a businessman said that he pulled onto the property, an old guy, they said he was a farmer and he was wearing overalls. They told me, when he, I have a picture of the check. Uh, he was wearing overalls when he came in the office, said he pulled onto the church property and was going to give them a check for a million dollars. He felt like God had told him, give them a check for a million dollars. When he was waiting for Pastor Chase to show up, he said he started to write the check. Now, this is amazing because they owed 4.3, whatever it was at the bank. That's how much they owed. When this older gentleman was sitting in his truck waiting for them to show up, he said that he started to, I have a picture, maybe next Sunday I'll, I'll find it and show it to you. He said he sat in his truck and God said, put down a four and start writing fours until I tell you to stop. And he wrote a check for $4.444 million. They owed 4.3. He paid their church off. They were less than 30 days. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? And so I just want to throw it out there. Uh, I, <laughs> if he can do it for them, he can do it for us. Uh, in Jesus' name. Um, I want to talk to you today, I want to talk to you today on the subject again, everyone say again, let's pray, God I thank you so much for your presence today, thank you for Rob being here, thank you for the story that you're writing in his life, thank you for all these amazing people, this message today I'm sharing at all locations and so it's showing in Ontario today, it's showing in East Knox, uh, showing online of course around the world I just pray that this message is going to speak to people's lives today as we talk about, again, bless every church in this area. Last count, they told me there was 247 churches uh, in this region, and I pray you would bless every one of them, whether they're meeting in a living room or whether they're meeting in a church building, a chair, a pew, wherever that's at, find someone's heart today, let them experience life change, move the kingdom of God forward I pray these things in Jesus' name, amen. The Bible says in Proverbs 24, verse number 16, for the righteous falls seven times and rises, here's the word, again. Can we say it one more time? Again. The righteous falls seven times and rises again. I want to share one more passage of scripture with you today that references fishing, fishing. Where are my fishermen at or fisherwomen? Uh, if you like fishing, right, just hands raised. I love fishing. Maybe it's my Canada roots, uh, but I like the outdoors. Quite a few hands went up. I heard the joke speaking of fishing. Why are fish so smart? Because they swim in schools. Uh, that's not funny. But those of you, you know, growing up, I, I would fish and, and you know, sometimes lose, uh, use lures and stuff, but predominantly uh, in, in Canada, I would grow up and we would dig worms uh, and, and night crawlers and we would fish, we would fish with those. Uh, speaking of worms, I heard the joke about the dad that was trying to teach his young son, little Johnny, the father was trying to teach his young son, little Johnny, the evils of alcohol. And so he took a worm, and he put a worm in a glass of water. He took another worm, and he put it in a glass of whiskey. The worm in the water lived. The one in the whiskey curled up and died. All right, son, asked the father, looked at little Johnny, and he said, what, what does this show you? Little Johnny responded, if you drink alcohol, you won't have worms. <laughs> No, that, that, <laughs> it's not funny. But there's a fishing story in Luke chapter number 5. I just want to read a couple of verses from this fishing story. He noticed, verse 2, Jesus noticed two empty boats at the water's edge. The fishermen had left them, were washing their nets. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Now go out where it's deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Master Simon replied, we worked hard last night and didn't catch a thing, but if you say so, if you say so, I'll let down the nets, here's the word, again, this time their nets were so full of fish they began to tear. By definition, the word again 
means another time or once more. Another time or once more. Now, I know that you're not fishing today. I know that maybe you don't have a net that you're cleaning, but I think a lot of people in the room, maybe today there's a dream, there's a goal, there's an aspiration that that maybe God wants to speak to you in the next 20 minutes and ask you to revisit that again. Maybe someone you need a miracle in your marriage, and God is asking you to believe again. Maybe there's something that you have let laid dormant in your life, and God is saying, I want to uh, resurrect that again. This message today came out of a week or two ago. I'm talking to Pastor Clint, one of our location pastors here, and he said, what what are you studying for? What are you working on? And I said, well, I'm, I'm thinking today about Humpty Dumpty. I don't even know why I was thinking about Humpty Dumpty, but I was thinking about Humpty Dumpty. This message came out of just a riddle, or or some would call it a rhyme. There are a lot of riddles and rhymes that if I was to start saying them, maybe you would remember some of them from your childhood, or if you are that parent or grandparent that raised your hand, maybe some of them would come to mind. If you look at riddles and rhymes that have been ranked or rated in the top 10 or the top 20, you you would read things like, twinkle, twinkle. How I wonder what you are. Up above the world, so high, like a diamond in the sky. Twinkle, twinkle, little star, how I wonder what you are. That's actually part of a 19th century poem by Jane Taylor. It's one of the most renowned nursery rhymes. Many people have composed music to it, including Mozart. That would be one of the top-ranked ones. Another one would be, this is a shout-out for all my farmers in the area, Old McDonald had a farm. You guys are good. <laughs> or maybe there, there was a farm who had a dog, and Bingo was his name. B-I... Just wanted to see how good you guys did in spelling. Or there was an old woman... She had so many kids. How many has ever felt that way? I'm kidding. You're not supposed to raise your hand on that one. This is sort of a morbid one, but it made the list. Three blind mice. They all ran after the farmer's wife who cut off their tails. The carving knife. May our children sleep well tonight. Jack and Jill went up the hill to fetch a pail of water. Jack fell down. I did notice one thing in several of these. It all has to do with accidents or mishaps. The itsy-bitsy spider went up the water spout. Down came the rain and washed the spider out. There's a lot of them that maybe I hadn't heard in years, honestly, but, but when I started reading some of them, Jeremy, that was really birthed out of Humpty Dumpty. I just started reading some of these riddles and rhymes, and I've never really researched where they came from or who wrote them. But Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall, and Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. And all the king's horses and all the king's men, they couldn't put Humpty Together, here's the word I want to talk about. They couldn't put him together again. Humpty Dumpty is a character in an English nursery rhyme. They, they say originally it's probably uh, a riddle. It was popularized in the United States on Broadway by actor George L. Fox in the pantomime musical Humpty Dumpty. The show began in 1868 and had a total of 483 performances becoming the longest-running Broadway show for a season. Humpty Dumpty has appeared in many works of literature, specifically English author Lewis Carroll's 1871 book, Through the Looking Glass, in which Humpty Dumpty is described as an egg. Humpty Dumpty 
has also been used in science. Those of you that would study some of those elements of science, Humpty Dumpty is actually an official term that's used in science. It's used to demonstrate the second law of thermodynamics. The law describes a process known as entropy. It's a high level of disorder, and the higher this level, the higher the disorder. So after Humpty's fall and subsequent shattering, the inability to put him together again is representative of this principle it would be highly unlikely to return him to his earlier state, and so it's actually a scientific term that they would use. When I look at just these couple of lines, Adam, Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall, Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. All the king's horses and all the king's men, they couldn't put Humpty Dumpty back together again. Not quite sure why that morning Humpty Dumpty came to mind. I really wasn't thinking about Humpty Dumpty. I think when I shared it with Pastor Clinton, he was wondering why I was thinking about Humpty Dumpty. But maybe today you need to hear about Humpty Dumpty. And so I'm an eight on the Enneagram, and one of the things that one of our coaches will say is an eight will follow their gut, their instinct, and So, in my feeling to preach on Humpty Dumpty, here we go. (laughs) The first thing that jumps out to me is the wall. Everyone say the wall. When you look at the wall, especially in depictions or pictures, which I spent hours researching Humpty Dumpty, first time ever. (laughs) Most of... The drawings or paintings of Humpty Dumpty, he's very high, he's elevated. Tim, he's sitting up on a wall. He's on top, if you would. There's something about being elevated that, Tim, you're able to see a little bit further. Maybe even here in our area, if you've ever been at a high point in our area, I know Dr. Drew, your house sits up, or some people tell me to go to Mount G's or different places when you're elevated, you seems like your vision's better. You can see further. When you're on top, just even by, even by just a business standard, Craig, you own your own business. Even by business standards, sometimes people will say they seem like they're on top. Sometimes people will talk about climbing a ladder. It's almost like Travis. They they send this message about the higher you get, maybe the seems like you're doing well. I want to ask you today, as we talk about the wall, if you were, if you were to begin to think about it, maybe, maybe you've watched some people on the wall. Maybe, maybe you've looked at a sibling or a parent or a friend and you're like, wow, they've done really well for themselves. Maybe you would see it in sports or athletics their achievements, their accolades, maybe someone else like a reference, Craig, in business. You're like, wow, Micah, they have really climbed. They have really, we don't know how Humpty got on the wall. We just know that Humpty made it to the top of the wall. I would ask you today, what are, what are the walls you have set on? What are the walls you have set on? It seems like on the wall, that this climb culminates in like cheers and celebrations. Look at social media and what people will post about. It seems like it, it brings that corporate ladder, it, it, it brings some sort of, I'm doing well, I'm succeeding, Micah. I'm, it's almost like society views it as success. But here for Humpty, the wall turned into the fall, the fall. Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall, and then Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. Have you ever fallen before? Fallen. Was you ever doing good for a while, and then you relapsed? 
What, what, what was you ever seemingly like, wow, our marriage is just cruising along. We're, we're doing so good. And then... Humpty Dumpty is sitting on the wall, and then Humpty Dumpty has a grave fall. You know, I've met people who were sitting on the wall, and it seemed like everything was going so great, and just one doctor's report, one phone call, one. Humpty Dumpty is here, and then before you know it, he's there. Have... Have you ever known someone who has fallen? If you think about it right now, they were cruising through college. They were doing well in sports. Maybe it was their marriage or family or kids or business like I talked about, but think about it. Do you know someone who has fallen? Do you know someone who seemed like they had it all together? And it's like, how did Humpty ever get that low in life? I could think of people, people in ministry, people close to my heart. When you look at the fall, I think a fair question for all of us, I would ask it myself. How do people fall off the wall? How do people fall off the wall, Pastor Matt? I think there's probably a lot of answers, but but let me just give you a few that I think could happen. How does Humpty sit on a wall and Humpty has a great fall. How does that happen? I think maybe, maybe loneliness. Loneliness. What I mean by loneliness is just there, there's a danger when you get alone. You know, the Bible says King David was supposed to go to battle. Everyone was going to battle. He was supposed to go to battle, but he, he decided to stay alone. Alone. You know, you know, Scripture says it's not good to be alone. It's not good to be alone. And King David goes over to the edge. He's over here and he's looking and Bathsheba and the whole thing falls apart. It's going to affect his family. It's going to affect his children. I've met some people that's like, I don't need the church. I don't need my life group. I don't need student night. I don't need all of that. I'm good alone. I'm good by myself. I would submit to you. I don't know how high you are on the wall, but I would submit to you that every one of us is in danger when we try to do life alone. I think loneliness can affect us. I I also think the ledge, the ledge. When, When Humpty, even when you look at the pictures, you see Humpty, for the most part, this egg, or in some cases the man, if you were to look at the pictures I've looked at, he's sitting on the wall and his legs are dangling over the wall. Now, I, I, I don't know how many of you are a six on the Enneagram or a five. I don't want to make this all about personalities or maybe just your past has made you. I'm not, not saying you're paranoid, but, but, but you do think of worst case scenarios. If your kid is on the edge of the bridge or on the edge of your roof or Humpty on the edge of the wall and he's dangling his legs, it'd be very easy for some of you to go over and be like, no, come back over here, Right? Because we wouldn't call it the ledge, but some people who want no accountability in life, they don't want to be told what to do in life, they don't want any boundaries or parameters in life. You know, there's some people like that. They don't want a parent, they don't want a pastor, they don't want nobody. Like, don't tell me what to do. Sometimes, so we don't use the word ledge, we'll use the word edge. That some people, whether it's addictions or or habits, or behaviors, we we almost look at them and we're like, why are you living on, on the edge? Or in this story, the ledge, why are you doing that? It's almost like, can I do this and still be a Christian? Can I do that and still be a Christian? Can I go there and still be a Christian? Can I, why, Humpty, are you living on the ledge? Not only loneliness or the ledge. You know, the ledge, before we move to this next one, the ledge, if you're not careful, I think you get sucked into the ledge. I think social media can suck you into the ledge. 
You're not, you're not even involved with something, and before you know it, you're like looking into the drama. Lies. I think, honestly, I'm not here to talk about news and fake news and all that. I'm just telling you, in society, in 2021, all of the lies, all of the drama and dysfunction, it can suck you into something, and you're like, hey, my life, my marriage, my family, we're trying to serve the Lord. Stop trying to get me to look over the ledge and get pulled into all of that. The ledge can get Humpty Dumpty into precarious situations that are ultimately going to become his demise. Not only do we have loneliness in the ledge, what I would call lackadaisical. I don't know how long Humpty sat on the wall, but I think feet flopping, like sometimes after you've done it for a while, you're like, I'm good, I can handle it. I can do it, Micah. Not a big deal. I can miss a few Sundays. I can go there. I can hang out with the guys. I can have a couple. I can. I think you get lackadaisical sometimes. You know, the Bible would call it lukewarm. Lukewarm. You know, sometimes, you know, other people may use the word loose. Why are you getting so loose? Loosen your thinking, loosen your influence, loosen your friends, loosen where you're letting yourself go. There was a day, Humpty, you would never put yourself in the position or predicament to be so close to the edge. Why? Why? Why would you chance your ministry falling? Why would you chance your marriage falling? Why would you chance your family falling? Why would ultimately you chance your faith falling? But you get lax. Lax. Become indifferent. Become apathetic. You know, I I think sometimes when I've read this and studied it and looked at the pictures and the background of this riddle and rhyme, I I think Humpty Dumpty is slipping before he ever falls. There's some of you even today, maybe the reason God would put this on my heart a couple of weeks ago, maybe it's for you today. Maybe you haven't fallen yet, but you're slipping, and maybe the Holy Spirit was like, Micah, you need to talk to them about the wall is awesome, rising in your faith and rising in the favor of God and the blessing of God, but if you're not careful, you could start to slip and the wall can turn into the fall. For other people, I think maybe it's just the letdown. I know people that have fallen off the wall and it wasn't just their fault. Mephibosheth would be one in scripture, but there's others. Sometimes you have letdowns in life and you end up over the wall because of some other people and their fall. In our final few minutes together today, not only does it tell us that it was a fall, it says it was a great fall. Rick Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall, and Humpty Dumpty had a a great fall. This victory becomes a void, top is bottom. You know, the Bible would talk about a fall, it's Adam and Eve. If you look at the top in your Bible, it actually calls it that, the fall. And then if you go through Scripture, not, not not only do we see it in Genesis, the Bible is full of people who fell. And for Humpty, he had a great fall. When when you look at history, you know what I said to you earlier about Humpty Dumpty. That's not the only way they say it. It's actually in multiple languages. You're like, Micah, you studied this too in depth. I know. I know I did. I know. I've heard it in my head for two weeks. They say it different ways. One of the ways is Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. Four score men and four score more could not make Humpty Dumpty where he was before. When when I read that, so we get ready to wrap up. When When I read that, when you look at the crash, I think one of the hardest things is the comparison. So if you're walking by Humpty Dumpty and he's just in a thousand pieces on the ground, that's one thing. But if you know where Humpty Dumpty was, that changes it even more. Like how did you go from this to that? 
And it's not just observation. I think the hardest thing is when it's you. You're looking back up thinking, I can't believe I did this. Why did I get lax? Why did I get on the ledge? Why? I've talked to people in my office. I've had people weep tears streaming down their face that have experienced the great fall. When you look at the great fall, you start remembering not just what the fall feels like, the fall hurts, but sometimes I think the ongoing aftermath hurts even more because one of the first things with the fall is that you start remembering the wall. The sting is a little stronger. The pain of knowing where you were and where you're at right now, I would call it regret, the regret of remembrance. You see, when you fall, sometimes it's even how far you fall. I've talked with people, I would never say names, but I've, I've talked with people that have served time or right now are serving time. And when you spend, I've been in this area now 20 years, when you spend a long time in an area, you get to meet a lot of people. Say the average pastor stays three years in an area, so I would be six or seven times that amount. You just get to meet a lot of people. I, I have watched babies be born, dedicated, and then I've attended their graduations. I, you, you just have the opportunity to be part of a lot of people's lives. And I have had people that I used to call their name in sermons, Rick. Just like I called your name earlier, I've called people's names in sermons. I've called people's names in sermons who sat right over here. They sat on this side right over here. Hands raised. They'd be crying. They'd worship. I've seen you move. You move the mountains. I've done baptisms. I've done weddings. And then I've watched the fall. I'm telling you about serving time because that's one of a hundred examples. But, but sometimes this phrase shows up in conversation after conversation after conversation. And here it is. Pastor Micah, when we were in church... Those were some of the best years of our lives. I see their faces right now. I could think of their names right now. How does Humpty fall off the wall? How do you go from worshiping and loving Jesus and family devotions and date nights how do you go from serving and dream teams and impact and influence and look at Humpty? Not, do you, not only do you have the wall and the fall, but you have what I would call the fallout because when someone falls, a lot of times more people get hurt than what you thought were going to get hurt. You have the fallout. And then in this rhyme and riddle, you have what I would call the finality. This is, this, this is a depressing one. Because when you read fourscore men and fourscore more, or the original one that we said, all the king's horses and all the king's men, the finality is they're like they're, they're too far gone. Like Rob, you said it earlier when you were talking, people wrote you off. I think in this rhyme or riddle, they wrote Humpty off. But one thing that the rhyme or riddle doesn't even reference or talk about doesn't say anything about the king. It just says all the king's horses and all the king's men, they couldn't do anything with Humpty. The good thing in God's presence as we get ready to pray today is that over those same years, I have watched person after person after person where the king has put Humpty back together again. Maybe today you're thankful that he put you back together again. I've watched the king show up when other people was like, we're done with this. Some of them are my family members. People would have been so done with them and the king showed up and said, I'm, I'm, I'm not done with them yet. You know, we started with the verse of scripture where it said the righteous falls, but they get up again, again, again. There's hope for Humpty. 
We started with the fishing story where they're cleaning their nets, Pastor Desiree. They're cleaning their nets. They're done. We fished all night. We're tired. We're exhausted. I know maybe not your kind of exhausted, coronavirus or schooling or finances or whatever's going on in your life. You're like, Pastor Micah, I am done. Maybe it's not that, but they were done. They're cleaning their nets. They're like, I am so done. And here comes the king. We would call him the king of kings. Jesus. And he's like, launch out into the deep and put down your nets. Here's the word. Again. Again. And maybe today Jesus Christ is passing by you right now. For some of you, maybe you have fallen and he is saying, I know you've tried the king's horses and the king's men, and, but I want you to give me a try today. I want you to let me touch your life today. Maybe for other people, the reason for this message is not just the great fall. The reason was that God wanted to wave his arms of love at you today and say, hey, you're getting too lax. You're getting too close to the ledge. I, I know you haven't fallen yet, but, but you're close to slipping. Like, like maybe today God wanted to remind you, don't live a lukewarm life. Whether he needs to save you from the bottom again, whether he needs to get you away from the ledge again, whether, he not, whether or not he just needs to refresh and restore you again, I believe he can do it right now. Like right now. So we close our eyes and pray. Maybe this prayer right now is for you for you. You are praying this prayer for yourself. Maybe right now you want to pray the prayer for someone in your life that has had a great fall. As I've been preaching, you can't stop thinking about them. You're thinking, God, will you please There's some people right now that are living with a finality mindset. They're thinking God could never resurrect that. God could never save. God could never restore. That's a lie. That's a lie. Whether in this room or online, there, there are people who could feel like it's impossible for Humpty to get put back together. But I've watched miracle after miracle after miracle and I believe God could give another miracle today. And so my first question, I don't see anyone looking around, but whether you have fallen or maybe you're just slipping, you just feel like you know you're not where you want to be with the Lord. It's slipping. But if you're like, God, I want you, I want you to touch my life today. I I want to stay on the wall. I want to stay on the wall. I want to stay in right relationship with you. I don't want to fall. I don't want to slip. I don't want to slip in my prayer life. I don't want to slip in my Bible reading. I don't want to slip in my worship. I don't want to slip in my commitment. I want to slip in my faith. If that's you today, Maybe it's the first time ever you've made a decision to accept Jesus for some of you. Maybe you've been around for 10 or 20 or 30 years and you need to make a recommitment right now. But if that's you, would you just raise your hand as a sign to God? It's not just for me. Thank you. Not just for me. This is a sign. Thank you, sir. It's a sign for you and God. I don't want to slip. Thank you over here. Thank you, sir. For others today, if there's someone that's coming to mind, maybe it's a child. You're like, Pastor Micah, they've fallen. Maybe it's a friend. But if you're thinking right now of someone you want to pray for, would you also raise a hand just in agreement? Thank you. You know some people, hands are going up all over the room that have fallen. When we pray, will you call their name in prayer? Will you say their name in prayer when we pray? Hands are still going up. Thank you. More hands. Thank you. 
God, I pray right now at 22 minutes after 10 on a Sunday morning. And I want to tell you at the start of this prayer that I thank you for all the times that you've passed by. You've passed by my life. You've passed by many people in this room and you have saved us. When other people like Rob said would write us off and be done with us, I thank you that you can put Humpty Dumpty, you can put Micah, you can put us. I thank you that you can put us back together again. For people today that have fallen or maybe the Holy Spirit's convicting them that they're slipping. I pray just for a wave of encouragement today. A wave of your Holy Spirit. Maybe for some a wave of repentance. That they would say, God, I don't want to live a lackadaisical life. I don't want to be on the ledge. I pray for that person that they would feel like they could come back home. They could come back to the Father right now. I pray for the others that raise their hand that's like, Micah, I'm thinking of a name right now. It's my brother. I'm thinking of a name right now. It's my uncle. It's my friend from school or college. Micah, I'm thinking of my mom or dad right now. We say their names right now. Will you join me story side all over the room? Will you say their name right now? Will you take their name to God? Will you you ask God on their behalf? Chances are they're feeling like it's final that all the king's horses and all the king's men. Would you pray for them right now? Would you say their name and say, God, save them? Would you ask God, would you let the king pass by today? Would you let the king show up wherever they are, even right now? I believe the love of God could go around the world. The love of God could begin to find that room, that place, that space right now and touch their hearts. Come on, king. Come on, king of kings. I'm asking you today, Jesus, to save, to save, to save. Show up for someone and save them that individual that feels like they're too far gone, would you save them today? And I pray these prayers in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we stand all over the room?